Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me today, unfortunately, is not my normal co-host, Coleste. He could not make it to the screening for this one. I know he is extremely sad about that, but life beckoned. And so in his stead, we have called in an assist from Mr. Marvel himself. Emmanuel Noiset of Emans Movie Reviews. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. I am I'm stoked, man. I mean, there's nobody else on the list, right? If I'm going down a list and I was like, okay, I need help with Marvel movie, who am I gonna call? It's like calling Ghostbusters. I mean, you're the man <laughs> that you gotta call. So I'm excited to go through some of this with you and be able to talk about this Marvel film that essentially is kicking off phase four. Now, technically, I know Black Widow kicked off phase four, but in my opinion, Black Widow is essentially a prequel. Well, it's not in my opinion. It's a prequel. And so, come on, let's be real. This one is, you can tell stylistically that this movie is different from what oh, yeah. Marvel has been. And, uh, and that's pretty exciting. So, without further ado, let's get started. The movie is... Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm going to do my best to pronounce it correctly. I got close, at least, and I'm going to go with that. It stars newcomer Simu Lu, Aquafina, Minger Zhang, Fala Chin, Florian Montanu, Benedict Wong, Michelle Yeoh, Tony Luong, and is this a spoiler if I say... Did they announce the certain character that plays a pretty decently prominent role it's a little more than a cameo so they announced just i just saw collider post it as an article and they were like hey this character is here and i saw the comments were mad the comments were like why would you do that look i didn't see a trailer for this movie at all oh my god it came as a complete yeah it came as a complete i was like i'm just not gonna say it okay i mean he's not he or she is not in the trailers. Okay. And that's why revealing whether he or she is even in it is kind of spoiler. And I'm very shocked that big outlets were just like, yeah, they're in it. And I'm like, I don't think they thanks. care about people's. Yeah. They care about their clicks. They don't care about the purity of an experience. So I guess, we're going to do our best to uh, refrain. Internet, if you're listening to this and you have not gone online, and seen much about this film, just kind of block it until you get a chance to go see it for yourself. Because this review is dropping pretty early. Disney's giving us the opportunity to put out all of our thoughts on Shang-Li um, or Shang-Chi really soon. So there's a lot of opportunity to have it spoil, unfortunately. With that being said, it is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, of all people. Shocking, known for his work on Short Term 12, of all things. And it is written by him and Dave Callahan. What is it about? Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Shang-Chi is drawn into the clandestine Ten Rings organization and is forced to confront the past he thought he left behind. Okie dokie. Now, E-Man, it is well known that you are a Marvel guy. Obviously, I alluded to that. You do a ton of work for Marvel, covering Marvel on your channel. Um, I'm going to have you talk a little bit about your T'Challa stuff here at the end of this episode as well. 
Uh, but you do all kinds of breakdowns of pretty much every film. You do Easter egg hunting. You explain things for those of us who have not read the comics. You are so deep into this lore and this universe. And so with that said, I feel like that people may have the misperception that you are an automatic shill for this material. Like you're going to, you're going to promote it and prop it up no matter what. But I actually think that that's kind of opposite. I think you're probably more critical than most people because you, you know so much about it and you really have high expectations for the best. And so I think that I'm right. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, but I really am excited to hear what you liked about this one. So if you could get it started, just, yeah. throw something out there let's talk about what we enjoyed yeah for sure i mean no you're you're totally right i mean it, it is because i'm so invested into this what over a decade's worth of you know 25 plus movies um yeah i am gonna approach it with a critical eye you know i they've raised the bar and every time they do that you know comes you know what is a great power great responsibility well with great movies come great criticism right so um, it kind of flows right into that. But, um, you know, I will admit going into this movie, I, I kind of lowered my expectations mainly because the character Shang-Chi is so niche. He's such a niche character that, like, you really got to be a hardcore Marvel fan to really know what he is, what he's about. And going into this, I had no idea how he was going to fit into the MCU or what role he would play. Um, so because of those lower expectations... Um, I definitely was able to approach this with a much open, much more open mind um, and appreciate a lot of things. And the number one thing I definitely appreciate, which I think is no surprise because it's all over in the trailers and it's kind of what the character does. It's the fighting choreography. I was really, really hoping whatever they do, you have got to nail that. I mean, it's kind of like if you're going to make a scary movie, you got to nail the horror. Well, if you're going to make a martial arts movie, you got to nail the martial arts. And I absolutely love the fact that, you know, they brought in, uh, Destin brought in the, uh, the stunt crew from, uh, Jackie Chan's, uh, oh, movies and stuff. They brought him, them sense. in. Um, and then they, ooh, I don't want to mess up the name. I want to, I think it's called, um, Wushu, uh, martial yeah. arts, which yeah, is the basically the, uh, crouching tiger hidden dragon. Um, so that, that, that beautiful dance, you know, that you see in the fighting and stuff that this movie just blended both of those, um, you know, the, the, the physical stunts and the choreography so well. Um, and yes, I, I'll leave it at that because there's more I'd like to talk about it. But for me, the number one plus right now is the fighting choreography. And I love that, uh, Simu was doing so many of his stunts too. It's just, that was just added bonus. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it looks incredible. And I think the cool thing about that wuxia, wushu style, whatever, how you, however you say, I always say wuxia and people are going to just slaughter me, but that specific style of Asian cinema and unique martial arts like depiction is to me, it fits so well in the Marvel universe because this whole movie is all about like fantasy world building. This is ironically enough, in a sense, it is called another culture. It is like Black Panther and going to Wakanda. You are exploring a hidden piece of the world in the Marvel Universe that we've never really gotten to see before, and it's different. And there, there are fantasy elements that bring in these Chinese mythological creatures. 
I know earlier today you and I were talking on Facebook and I was like, oh, I, you know, one of them looks like a Pokemon. And that's because <laughs> that that Pokemon is comes from Chinese history. Right. And, I, and we, you, we joked about, I wonder if this other kind of cute little side character is real or not. And I found it like it really is steeped in an honest to God mythological tradition. And that is amazing. And I think that fits with that martial arts style, putting that into this, this universe. That's it just it, it is a perfect marriage, you know, mm -hmm. and. It's so cinematic, and you're right. The fight scenes are incredible. There's an early one in a bus that takes oh, place. So and if you've ever been to San Francisco, specifically where that scene is set, and seen the level of steepness to their hills, you really get a feel and understanding of like some of the extra, how incredible that fight scene is. But yeah, Simulu and the, the choreography in this whole film, I mean, it's breathtaking. It, it yeah. is... And it's unlike anything we've seen in Marvel. To me, that yeah. that was what was the best thing in the world is because we've watched like 20 movies at this point and never have we seen something with this level of direct hand-to-hand -hand type combat um, mm -hmm. and weaponry. And it's it was just beautiful to watch, like completely energetic and interesting. And, and like you said, that dance nature of it, it, it gives it a really just unique and kind of emotional feel to it it's and that's that's intentional right like that that style is meant to tell a story you know and i love i mean you know i won't give it away but i love how two characters engage in that style oh. and it, you don't even need words you understand what's happening through their motions and i just thought that was so beautiful Oh, that scene! That scene yeah. was phenomenal. The yeah. the uh, and the rest of that the, the rest of the action to me is really great too. Um, it, it does, you know, there are big fight scenes in the film, of course. Hello, duh. <laughs> and there is one where I legitimately leaned over uh, to my buddy Jeremy Johns, who is also a gamer like myself, and I was like, "Bro, this is a Final Fantasy boss fight with." <laughs> yeah, it's with summons and everything it, like, is. I was like, it really is <laughs> it's like live action on the screen i was i was freaking yeah. out like i was like yeah. this looks incredible yeah. um and it was just it was awesome like the, the different creatures and stuff that are in this movie i, I just loved it i loved the world building and, and how it kind of tackles like real reality and history when we we learn at the very beginning of the film we get to learn the legend of the ten rings essentially um, I mean, the movie's titled that, and it starts with the the history of the Ten Rings for like a thousand years, uh, and and that was really cool. And to see then it transition into like these secret parts of this mythology was neat. Um, you mentioned Simulu and his stunts, which I didn't actually know he was doing all that work. That makes it even more impressive for sure. Uh, acting, so uh, for me, the acting was a high point. So funny thing, Aquafina is in this movie. Yeah. Providing comedic relief, shocker. But we've we've learned through other films um, that she's done, specifically The Farewell, uh, that she really has a dramatic nature to her, like an ability to use that humor, and and it creates a character that is so relatable in, in a way that I don't know that a lot of people that do just straight humor can do. And she is a super talented actress. Like, that's the bottom line. She may be a musician, but she is a yeah. talented actress. And what's cool is in this movie, <laughs> there's a scene with her and a certain – look, 
the fact that she was in Raya and the Last Dragon yeah, <laughs> and yeah. who she plays in that movie made me laugh, yeah. basically, when I watched this movie. But I thought she was great. I thought their chemistry was great. And then, oh my gosh. I mean, look, when you said when they really did a good job of trying to respect the culture, Destin Daniel Cretton did, um, and by bringing in, you know, Jackie Chan's um, advisors and stuff for choreography. And like I said, with getting the mythological creatures right, another area that gives this movie all the credibility in the world is when you cast Michelle Yeoh and Tony Long, oh, so and they're not side pieces. Oh. They are legitimately important primary characters, specifically Tony Long, who is just one of the best actors in history, period. He, he, he is... I'm so glad that people are getting a taste of him. Like, if this is your first time, welcome. Go do some research. Go watch this man's stuff. Um, you know, and it kind of also goes into what this film tried to do in terms of respecting Asian culture, right? Like, a lot of the themes that they talk about and that are are conveyed through their acting is exactly what appeals to um, Asian cinema. You know, so like if you if you watch a lot of Asian cinema, you know, I know you're talking about the world building and the fantasy aspect and stuff. This is norm. This is the norm. Like I've seen at least 10 movies within the last year that have similar elements going into this. And I'm just sitting here watching. It's like, oh, my gosh, finally, I don't have to, uh, you know, coax my American friends into watching these things because, you know, Marvel can kind of slip it in there. You know, it's almost like kind of getting a little anime for the first time. And it's like, hey, see, this isn't that bad, right? It's um, mostly a dub, but it's got some subtitles. Yeah, yeah, just a little, just a little, nothing to scare you, you know. But no, I mean, look, Tony, man, I loved his performance so much because, you know, you, you go into it. Obviously, he's a villain. But what I love that Marvel is doing is making their villains more complex. And this is not just a mustache twirling villain that you know ha 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 i want to conquer the world and stuff i mean you know maybe he wants to do a little something like that but it's deeper than that right and and you know uh especially with michelle yeah i mean she's phenomenal the moment they even said she was in it i was like you guys are really trying to make this solidified like you're really yep. doing something here with this so i was very very impressed with the acting here but i mean benedict wong as well um you know, he's fun as, you know, even though it's just a little cameo, but that was also in the trailer. So it's not a terrible, uh, spoiler or anything. But, um, you know, Simu, you, uh, Lou, I, I really think he's got that it factor as a leading man. And that's probably something that really impressed me with this because before this, it came out, I was kind of like, who is Simu? Like, I, I just did not know. And I started watching Kim's Convenience. On uh, Netflix, it's on Netflix now, and uh, I was really impressed. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like good comedic timing, and you know, like this is. By the way, the show is actually pretty good too. Um, but seeing him in this movie, I was like, "Oh, yes, you've got it. You've got it." Like I want to see more now. I have to see more. So him with Aquafina, that was really good pairing. Um, I like how they work together. Um, but yeah, man, like the, the one thing that really caught me off guard, I had no idea how deep the family vibes and themes were going to run in this movie. I mean, I don't think anybody did. I don't think anyone did. Right. Like it wasn't marketed that way. You know, it was marketed like, yeah, you know, Kung Fu movie, people fight, they hate their dad. 
all right, fine, whatever. No, it's deeper than that. And I like the levels they have with it because, in a sense, it's super relatable. I mean, I don't know how relatable it is for you, but, like, as a as a child of immigrants, I related to a lot of different things that happened here. Like, even when they tap into, um, you know, Aquafina's family and those little minor dynamics, you know, those things are, I was sitting there like, oh, my gosh, my grandma's like that. Yeah. Oh, man, my aunt is just like, that. you know. So I really, really appreciated how they delved into that and how it enriched and informed us about how the characters proceeded with their motivations and how it changes them throughout. So I, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to get too much into it, but I loved how the themes really were rich in this movie. Oh, yeah. I had a friend that when he wrote his initial film critic friend on Twitter, he was saying something. You know, he's like, the action is absolutely phenomenal and the drama is even better. And yeah. I felt the same way. It, Like you said, it's actually it's very layered yeah. drama. And what I thought about how it's so well executed because it gives you it puts on the viewer the film, the way the film is constructed by the way it's edited and it's put told the story is told. It gives you a perspective and then it slowly changes that multiple times yep. that makes you start to really question all kinds of different things and not, <laughs> yeah. and not in a heavy handed, like black and white way, but in an, like you said, it's very relatable. So even though, though I'm not going to relate to some of the cultural stuff, it makes me grin and just smile so big when many of my Asian friends walking out of the screening were lauding it, right? Like, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Just like you felt when you get to see Black Panther for the first yeah. time, um, you want, you know, young Asian and Asian American, both. Yeah. both but that's another thing is, no, it's not just a movie for Asian culture. It's a right. movie for Asian American culture, too. Mm -hmm. Um and you want kids to be like, oh, my God, like I that I get to see me and I'm not just the jokey, you know, sidekick yeah. Yeah. who, you know, eats dumplings or whatever, because that's the stereotype. Yeah. Um, and and I love that about it. But I also love that from a relatable standpoint in the layers, it just is about not being able to get rid of a bad mistake. Like you may have made a mistake. So many people have made a mistake in their life. And thought to themselves, well, I'm going to be done with that and just right. move on. And the way that that can persist in your life and affect it down the road is shown in this film in a very powerful way, I thought. And and then also just the theme of like embracing who you are, um, trying to figure out who you are and and then going for it and being willing to take risks and stuff in a way that is not just about being a superhero, I thought, for other characters too. So, I, yeah, I, man, I, I really enjoyed that i mean I, I thought it was a great story i also wanted to ask so marvel tie-ins this was a strength to me is that there weren't a lot i mm. thought now you're the easter egg guy so i probably missed some but for me i felt like that it was outside of a couple maybe almost corny references honestly to things anytime they say post blip i'm yeah. sorry i when i see posters like and got anxiety or, or depression, please come to this post blip, really? you know, focus group. I'm just like, I know I get the, like, it fits the mat, like in the world, yeah. just the word blip is just, I, oh, I hate the word blip. I'm, it's I'm killing me. <laughs> if you guys don't put snap in there, just something <laughs> yes. like, you know, the, the disappearing, I don't know. 
I agree. But did, I'm, I'm did you them. like though overall the the level of Marvel Universe tie-in while also feeling completely like it was kind of starting its own thing? So um I like so what I liked was the fact that because this character is so niche, they actually went back on their word because they were like Kevin Feige had said, like, I, you know, we're done with those origin stories and stuff. Wrong. Here's an origin story for you. Because nobody knows, you know, mo- most people don't know who Shang-Chi is. You know, I mean, again, you have to be a hardcore comic fan to really understand who he is and to know he's like one of the top fighters in the entire Marvel universe. Right. Um, so I'm glad that they did that. But, you know, as for tie-ins, I would, I honestly have to go rewatch it a couple more times, but the initial things, I mean, you know, I know a lot of people have had issues with uh, Iron Man three. Um, that's probably the most obvious tie-ins that we have. Everything else right now, I think, is up in the air, you know, in terms of what will tie-in. And I think that makes point. it a good introduction into a new phase, right? Like, this is the one that's going to be like, no, we're not tying anything to phase three. We're setting stuff up. So by the time you get done with phase four, you can go back and watch Shang-Chi and be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. So Which I is think what they did with the yeah, other phases. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's probably what we're getting here. Um, and anything at this point is pure speculation. Um, I mean, trust me, I was looking for stuff. <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> writing names down. I was like, oh, okay, who is this? You know, um, and I mean, I still got to do some research. There might, there may be some connections, but we're talking down the line future stuff at best. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I just, I really did because I thought, like I said, it, it, this feels uniquely new. Like it, yes. it does not feel anything like something in. A, I mean, yes, it. I I gotta quantify. Like you're gonna get a Marvel movie. Yeah. But it it is so fresh and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just think that that is which they partly, need to be. They yeah. need to be this many they, movies. And, if you're not giving us new be, stuff, but they've got yeah, exactly. You know. And I mean, this is part of the the whole thing. Like, this is why you go get auteur directors to yes. do your movies now. This yeah. is why you get go get Chloe Zhao to yeah. make the Eternals. They're not gonna all be the nope. same movie anymore with yeah. with any good luck. You know, um, they're gonna be different. And I think, oh, it's so exciting! Just the direction. Post credit scenes. There are two. Yeah. So, yes. folks, you need to know that. Obviously, th- this is a Marvel movie, so most of you probably would have stayed anyway. I will tell you this. The first one is absolutely critical in my opinion. Yep. Like you must see the first one. The second one, I know people on the internet are going gaga over and I know why they're going gaga over it. And it's a fun scene, but it also is entirely obvious that that's what was going to happen. So it's not right. like a shock. It's like, Oh, well, right. yeah, duh. That's where the story was going. Um, but it's cool to see. And it, sure. you know, I'm excited, but that first one, that first one that comes mid mid or early credits is like, uh-huh. you, you have to watch that one uh, yes. because it's like yes. legitimately like, project you know your typical marvel mm-hmm. here's what's coming next kind of right, thing right and i i would i would also say that you know pay attention closely but it does give you a better sense of how much time has passed so i'll leave that, I'll leave that. yeah that's a yeah. good point i like that's <laughs> like that's a very good point um yes certain well certain person she's <laughs> anyway <laughs> Yeah, which is also interesting because of the director time. Well, now I'm going to give them away. But point being, uh, is there anything else I'm missing that you particularly love that you want to mention? 
Uh, I mean, the fights were cool. Let's see. We got the choreography. We got the, the family drama. Um, I mean, unless you want to get into technical stuff like the writing and comedy and, um. So I, one thing I thought the comedy, I actually mm-hmm. really appreciated it. Uh, okay. Because it was, I thought, uh, restrained somewhat. Mm-hmm. So there, you get Marvel quippy humor, but mm-hmm. I didn't, it's not an overload of it. And we've had mm-hmm. movies where every character has to quip at all times, and I did yeah. not feel like that was the case here. So. <laughs> I'll slightly disagree. I, I, okay. but this is only this is only because it's my personal preference. That's fine. And I always get in trouble with this because anytime I critique comedy, people are like, "Why do you hate funny?" And I'm like, "I don't hate it. It's just I feel like sometimes you know you need degrees to these type of things, right? Like it's levels." So um, I did appreciate most of the comedy. I love the sidebars. I love the little quitty, you know, quippy things here and there. Um, the one thing I, I probably, and I guess we might as well get into this now with, uh, maybe what we didn't care for too much, but, um, certain character cameo loved it. The, uh, we'll call, we'll call them the, uh, translator, uh, you know, uh, Morris's translator. We'll call them that. Um, and, uh, my only issue with Morris's translator was like, I kind of felt as though they were in it a little too often for comedic relief. And I was kind of like, this character, don't get me wrong, they are funny, they are delightful. We could have saved a couple of those maybe for a Disney Plus bonus scene or something. That's just for me. But it doesn't ruin the movie, it's not terrible, it's just one of those things like... That's fair. One or two extra jokes too many for me. I was thinking more. I wasn't even thinking about that character. So you're right. Yeah. That whole character is based on that. That's really right. their whole. That was existence. that's their only purpose. And I'm like, yeah. I was thinking more of like the main foursome of actors. And oh, for me, I I thought that that they were pretty well. No, that worked. Aquafina can go over. You know, like you sure. can write Aquafina in a way that is overtaking. Yes. The balance of her dramatic and comedic moments, I thought, was really well. Yes, done. I had no problem with that. The only other thing I have really as a negative or a dislike is again, and I, some of the CGI, I'm, I'm starting to just, I'm ready to see my, is this the pandemic or what? Because Disney has been putting out these movies and sometimes there are just moments in this CGI, particular one at this point where like a vehicle's flying off a cliff and a character's coming up, you know, and some of them, they just looked so, they look so fake. And I know it's a Marvel movie and what's happening is outrageous. That and then there is in my Final Fantasy boss fight moment, there is a lot going on and uh, it can be a little muddied with the CGI. Sure. But I was so enraptured by the what of wowness of I didn't care. But like I can see. So really, I have all I have is nitpicks. I got you. No, I mean. The CGI didn't bother me too much. I mean, this is stuff that I've already, I've already come to the conclusion. I'll just suspend belief for a lot of them, unless it's like, if you ever get to Doom level, Scorpion King level, that's when I'm really going to tear you apart, you know. But at this point, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm here for the ride. I get it. Um, but I'm not going to begrudge anybody who does have issues with it because I understand. Um, but let me see what. The one, well, I don't want to give this away, but one certain character learns a certain ability 
really quickly. And I'm sitting here thinking like, you know what? This is a huge slap in the face to another MCU character who does this very, very well. So I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to give it away, but I'm just like, that was almost insulting. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay. going to choose to believe that it's not learning that in the way that is anywhere near the equivalent of said previous character and is mm-hmm. instead someone stepping up and executing something in a moment where they had to execute it. But I don't think, I did not get the sense that the, that that Aquafina's character was like, suddenly had this new amazing ability. Personally. That's, I did not get that impression. I got oh, that impression. okay. Got Maybe that's just because I really wanted to believe. I mean, <laughs> you're I, right. you're don't right. get me wrong. I'll go with the flow, you know, but it's just that, you know, once you're done and you start thinking about it, and you're like, wait a minute. Have you ever tried doing what she tried to do? That's hard. That's not something that you just pick up and be like, oh, I'm a natural. You know, it's just, I just know uh, another MCU character would be kind of looking like, really? Really? I spent years <laughs> and developing it. That. That. that would be fun. Maybe we <laughs> I would maybe. actually love that. That would be pretty cool. I would love that. Um, but yeah, I think the only other knock I have, and, and I'm so envious of you because uh, you didn't get the trailers. I was really upset at the fact that the trailers did reveal way too much, in my opinion. And this is, you know, I usually have a golden rule. Watch the first trailer. And if that's all that convinces you to watch it, you don't need to watch anything else. Don't watch any more TV spots. Don't watch anything. At, like, because that's the job of the trailer, right? Just to convince you to go see it. Well, if you're already, well, you were already sold on seeing it. So there was no need, you know, to watch the trailer. But again, I was kind of like, mm, let me just see. And the one reason, the one reason why I didn't like it was because in the trailers, they actually show you a moment. And that moment, the moment you get to that moment in the movie, you already know what's going to happen. And it's not a surprise. And this is the intro to your Final Fantasy um, moment that oh. you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, well, the second that the character was in that position, I already knew what was going to happen thanks to the trailer. And it, it, it took that surprise element completely out of it for me. And I don't know, maybe I've overanalyzed them. I mean, I didn't do a deep dive on the trailer, but I'm like, it was a pretty cool thing to see in the trailer. So naturally, it's something that's going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to the movie, you're like, oh, you know, the settings have changed and all this stuff. is. I know it's about to happen, but the movie is not designed that way. That's why I have an issue with it. The movie is designed for that big moment to be a surprise. Yeah. And for you there's to enjoy that suspense going exactly, on. and I'm like, well, there's no suspense because I see it coming. I I know everything is going to be fine at this certain point. So that's my knock, but that's more against Marvel and their advertising. Which yeah, we could we could pretty much make that against Hollywood in general. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and every 100%. every every review we ever ever. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, that's why I've started to, I, you know, I'm a happier person. I'm not I'm not one of those people that will say you've got to do it one way or the other. I've yeah. done it. I've gone back and forth in the last several years. I've watched them. I haven't, but I definitely have a higher enjoyment rate. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. The the short dopamine hit I get from a trailer is nothing like the, uh, you know, high I get mm. from seeing something, from being completely blown away. I like that. 
from like something like Shang-Chi or like stepping into a movie like Nine Days yeah. or Coda and and having no idea what they're about. Just, I, I, knew see, I can't do that. Movie. I can't I can't do it for like nine days. I need to see a trailer because it's it's completely unknown. I don't know what it is. I need to know, is this even my flavor? But going to, Mar- you know, it's kind of like going to a restaurant, right? I yeah. like Red Lobster. I don't yeah. need to see the menu. I know what I'm going to eat. I know That's what I'm going to order. Yeah. I'm fine with it. But if I'm going to a new restaurant with an unknown name, I have no idea what they sell. I need a menu. I got to at least see something. That's, you know? a great, that's a great analogy. <laughs> I like. Okay, well, uh, last thing. Uh, so, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is not coming to Disney Plus Premiere mm-hmm. Access. This is an experiment, according oh. to Kevin Feige. Oh. I know. This, no, this that, that was JPEG. Don't put Feige in that. That was JPEG. Oh, okay. I don't even yeah. know who that person is. See, He's this is what happens when you look the internet. You just He's get the CEO back of uh, Disney. Okay. Well, yeah. there was a whole drama about it. Um, yeah. And anywho, point is, they are putting it straight to theaters and only theaters, which is a risky proposition financially and also oh, ethically kind of waffly because people out there who want to see the movie and There's would pay problems. for it. There are like, some issues with it. Yeah. Safely can't do that in this yeah. way. Yeah. So I'm going to put this caveat on the question. If people are able to watch this movie safely, and feel compelled to do so, is it worth them spending their money on seeing this in a theater on September 3rd when it comes out? I would say it is, and strongly emphasize if it's safe, and if it's, you know, within your ability to do so, mainly because of the visuals. Um, The visuals in this movie, uh, you know, we didn't go deep into it, but, like, the visuals are really, really nice. I mean, the colors, Duke, the colors, you know, like, that is... Something that you do want to see on a big screen. Um, and a lot of the impact of the visuals does get lost if you happen to be watching it on your phone or on your computer or, you know, like if you don't have a nice setup at home, this is actually one of those movies you kind of want to go see. Now, if it was something like, you know, Black Widow, which is kind of toned down visually, fine. Watch that wherever you're comfortable. But this one, I feel like it was it was one of those movies that was made to be seen on the big screen, especially with the whole Final Fantasy, you know, um, moment that you described as well. So I would say, yes, do so, but safely. I 100 percent agree. We didn't get to see this one at our press screening in IMAX. So I've already purchased mm-hmm. my IMAX tickets because I need to see it big and glorious. Jealous. We actually, I wish I had that. Yeah, we got like a pretty wonky. Oh, did you watch it at home? No, 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 no. We, we oh, okay. got a regular. We got a regular. Yeah, we, we, that's what I'm saying. We got a regular screening too, and it yeah. was. I, it, I was immediately thinking to myself, "My gosh, I want this bigger." Oh yeah, I could, this would be have been upset. awesome in IMAX. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'd have been bummed if I watched it at home. So yeah. I highly, I, if you like, I said, if you can get to a theater safely, and you feel compelled to do that, it's going to be worth your money. That is what yeah. I'm going to say. I'm not going to make people's decisions for them. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for coming to join me and talk about this movie. We appreciate it. Myself and Coles. Um Coles is going to join myself and Patrick and do a full spoilery deep dive on the movie. So he gets a nice. chance to tell our listeners what he thinks as well. Before we go, tell people where they can find your stuff, especially now's a great time, E-Man, because you're putting out lots of stuff about Marvel's What If series. And then, of course, this film as well, you'll have, I'm sure, multiple videos about. Yeah, so, um, you know, you definitely come and check me out. E-Man's Movie Reviews. 
Uh, you can find me on uh, all the major social media platforms. Uh, YouTube is where I do most of my uh, breakdowns. So if you want to go through all of the What If episodes or any of the other Marvel TV series, uh, Loki, WandaVision, etc., um, you know, I have nice little breakdowns on there, too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. That's where you will get a nice combination of Easter eggs, background information, uh, and I'll break down the themes and why it should matter to you or to the MCU at large. Um, so it's always a good time to also just come and join during our live chats. Uh, we do that every Wednesday around 7 p.m. Uh, uh, what is it? No, for your time, was it? You're 5 p.m. Yeah, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern. So um, figure out wherever you are. Um, and yeah, the live chats are definitely where you want to go. That that right there is probably the most fun experience. I had no idea people enjoyed it as much as they do. Um, but you should definitely come check that out. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I should be doing a live, um, no, I'm sorry. I should be doing my breakdown for what if that'll be showing up, uh, very soon. We're going to talk about the uh, episode with Chadwick Boseman. Um, if you actually fall on any one of my social media, uh, networks, you'll find out that I am a very huge proponent for the recast the child movement. Um, and what that movement is all about is really just petitioning the idea against killing the character of T'Challa, whether it's through the multiverse or if you want to recast, whatever that continues that character story. That's what we want um, because we feel it's more consistent with uh, the actions and the views of Chadwick Boseman. And we'd like to honor the person without compromising uh, the role that he played and the role that he put a lot of work into um, and you'll start seeing more news coming out about how excited he was about the character, how much he really cared to just make this character for us. Um, so I, I can go deeper into it. It's a whole thing, but I've got plenty of videos. I've got a whole petition on change.org backslash recast T'Challa. I'd encourage you to read it. Do not be thrown off by the hashtag or the name. It is a lot deeper conversation about black representation on screen um, and the effects uh, and the optics of what it means to kill a character um, on screen or off screen. You might be surprised on uh, what you learn. So awesome. Love it. Everybody definitely go subscribe. Check out his work. That's it for this episode of FF Plus. Uh, we hope that you will come and let us know what you think of the film when you do get a chance to see it. You can find Feelin' Film on Twitter at Feelin' Film. You can find both myself, Coles, and He-Man, all of us, actually, in the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group as well. You can come join that and talk movies with us all day, every day. We will be back soon, and until then, keep Feelin' Film. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter at Film, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places, and I'd love to chat. 
And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. But be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling film.